the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Well, today in studio with me, a dear friend, a very special guest, and it's always a wonderful time when we get a chance to come together. You know, the scripture tells us that wherever two or more are are gathered together, I'm there in their midst. The presence of the Lord is there. And it's always delightful to spend some time with Bishop Bob Jackson, founding pastor, senior pastor of Axeville Gospel Church of God in Christ in Oakland, because uh, he not only brings a good message from the Word, uh, the Holy Spirit accompanies this man no matter where he travels. And uh, Bishop Bob, as always, a delight to have you with us today in studio. Thank you, Craig Roberts. It's always a delight to be here with you as well. I want to ask Bishop Jackson to tell us a bit about Axeville Gospel, but before I do, what's that profile? When we talk about how do we identify a solid Bible-believing church. What does that look like for somebody? Well, first of all, it looks like a church that uses the Bible. <laughs> That's number one. I tell people that ask for gospel all the time. If you don't have a Bible when you come here, you're at the wrong church because we use the Bible. We don't just lift it up and talk about it, but we actually turn the pages and actually quote from it, read from it, and that's our whole thing, the Word of God. And so it has to be a Bible a church that's teaching the Bible, preaching the Bible, and uses the scriptures for you to see what God is saying as opposed to just hearing. In other so words, if the preacher gets up and, and quotes one scripture at the very start of the sermon and then sets the Bible down and walks away from the pulpit and never has another Bible verse again for the next 50 minutes, you're probably looking at the church as more heavily into platitudes than into biblical preaching. So you're looking at a Happy Meal being able to eat one French fry. Yeah, got it. Okay, that's kind of what it is. And you, when you come to church, you should be hungry for the Word of God. I mean, people have me all kind of reasons why they come to church. Come to church to hear good old gospel singing. They come to church to, to you know, to feel good. They have, one lady said, the church has some good vibes, you know, whatever. But the point I'm saying is the real reason you come is that worship and praise and all that is great. But also for the Word of God. You should have your beer bone, your knife and fork, and you have your Bible, and you're ready to eat. And then you have a pencil or pen or marking pen so you can mark your Bible as the preacher is teaching or ministering the Word of God. That's your food, spiritual food. And so many people come to church, and they're not spiritually nourished. They used to have an expression, I'm not being fed. I'm not fed at that church. And they're telling the truth because the Word of God is our... The Bible says, the Lord Jesus said, I am the bread of heaven. He's the word made flesh. So if you take that back to scripture, the word of God, then the word of God is our food that we actually eat to feed our spirit man and to renew our minds so we can have the mind of Christ. I was, I was looking at John 8, uh, St. John chapter 8 and verse 43. The Lord Jesus was he was talking to some religious leaders, and what happened was they had this dialogue going on back and forth, and he got to the 43rd verse. And I won't go into the whole thing, but the 43rd verse and 44th verse, I want you to look at this because many times we talk about the enemy. The enemy is the Republicans or the Democrats. They're the, they're the, they're the Baptists, they're the Methodists, they're the Episcopalian. I mean, the different denominations fighting each other. Do you know there's over 300 denominations in Christ? And none of them can get along. But anyway, so it's 8th ch- chapter of John, 43rd verse. He says, why do you not understand my speech? Red lettered in the Bible. So it means the Lord Jesus is speaking. Why do you not understand my speech? He said, even because you cannot hear my word. Then in 44, he explains why he said that. He says, you are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. 
When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. I came to the conclusion that, Lord, I never want to tell a lie again. So I warned people. I said, listen, if you don't want to know the truth, don't ask me because I'm <laughs> obligated to tell you the truth because I'm not going to lie for anybody. Because if the devil is the father of lies, every time you lie, you're owning the fact that you're a child of the devil. Let's spend a moment talking about what God has done at Axeville Gospel. And it's almost unfair to ask you that question with five minutes left in the program. <laughs> We'd have to cancel the next few hours, and the Dr. McGee's listeners at 830 would wonder what happened. <laughs> God has truly done an amazing work in your ministry, and I believe, Bishop Jackson, it is that unadulterated, unabashed teaching of God's Word, the proclaiming of His Word, that not only is good for reproof and exhortation and and for righteousness and the imparting of knowledge and understanding and direction, the, the manual on how to live, you know, oftentimes we'll, we'll get a gift for Christmas, maybe from Ikea, start to put it together, it falls apart, we end up with 10 or 20 bolts left over. You didn't read the manual. God has given us a manual called His Word. Folks, come to the doors of Axeville Gospel Church. Tell us a bit about what that experience is like. Well, it, 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 the first thing is worship. We, we, we believe in praise and worship. And uh, we, we believe in inviting the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, he said, there am I in the midst. So we want to make sure that he's there present from the beginning of the service. And we want to start, you know, we want to welcome him. We welcome the Holy Spirit in. And then we have prayer. We offer prayer. And then we sing praise songs. Now, here's the thing with praise songs. Every song in church is not a praise song. Praise songs are distinguished by one thing. They're vertical, and they're not horizontal. Amen. So when you hear praise leaders singing horizontal songs, horizontal songs are singing to the audience. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, let you go. Come on, come on, come on. Don't you want to go? That's singing to the audience. But when you say, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice, you're singing to the Lord. Paul, David was a master at praise and worship, and he said, I will Bless the Lord at all time. His praise, what? Shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. You see that? So David said, sing, sing unto the Lord. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord. So when you're really praising God and you're singing songs of praise, they are always vertical. They always are going to the Lord. And when you begin to praise him, old saints used to say, when the praises go up, the blessings come, come down. down. I'd Amen. like to amend that. Amen. When the praises go up, the blessor comes down Amen. because God inhabits the, the praises of his people. Of his people. So when those praises are going forth, the spirit of the Lord begin to move. Let me tell you something. You can feel the anointing of God. You can feel what we felt in the studio tonight. Those little bumps, chill bumps come up on you and you're not cold and the hairs on your back begin to stand up and you feel like you stuck your finger in an electric plug. I mean, that's the spirit of God. And then when the preacher gets up, he brings out the word of God and says, turn with me. And he doesn't read one scripture, but he reads so much that you'd be saying, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm satiated with all of this word. I'm so full. And that's what I call a real service. And if you come out afterwards and you think, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a bit convicted, it's almost as if he was preaching right at me. <laughs> um, then that's the clue to understand that that's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart, saying, brother, sister, you got a couple of things you need to work on. That's the kind of community at Axeville Gospel Church. It's not a body of perfect people. But it's a body of people in the process of being perfected unto him. Axeville Gospel Church, street address, Bishop Bob. 1034 66th Avenue in the city of Oakland. And, of course, uh, you can catch uh, content available on the website and uh, many resources and details by going to axfullgospel.org. That's axfullgospel.org. If you're looking for a church that's kind of quiet and sleepy and does a bake sale and everybody goes home at the end of the day and they all kind of feel okay and there's just not much going on, this is not the church for you. If you want to get plugged in, turned on by the Holy Spirit, 
and have the Word permeate your heart and soul and change your life, get you excited about God's Word, then you want to check out Axeful Gospel Church of Oakland. Again, on the web at axefullgospel.org. That's axefullgospel.org. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. I don't know about you, but the presence of the Lord is here. I feel him, amen, in the sanctuary. I feel him. Hallelujah. And God bless you this morning. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad those of you that are viewing my Facebook and YouTube and television, God bless you as well. In the presence of the Lord, my Bible said, is fullness of joy. Somebody ought to be full of joy right now because the presence of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So this morning, saints of God, I want to move on with a series I believe God is leading me to teach. And that is a series on prayer. Because the Holy Ghost keeps giving it to me that we're not praying enough. And most of the times we pray, we only pray when there's trouble. Uh, We pray when brother and sister Nemo come. Uh, That's need more. We pray, amen, out of our desperations, but we haven't learned how to pray without stopping. So God encourages us, amen, to pray more. And in these last and evil days, the enemy is moving like never before because he knows his time is short and the Lord Jesus can come any minute. My prayer every day is come now, Lord Jesus, come now. Don't have to worry about tomorrow, amen, because if you come now, we're going home to be with him. How many are going home to be with him, by the way? How many are coming? Oh, I see only half of you raise your hand. Well, the rest of you will be right here. And when you come down here and I'm not here, don't worry about it. I'm going home. You can get you another pastor and run on with it. I'm going home when the trumpets sound. The dead in Christ shall rise. We which are alive shall be caught up to meet him in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. So God is dealing with me on ministering on prayer. So get your Bibles. Amen. Blow the dust off those bad boys. And you that are home, get your Bibles, get your family. Amen. And let's go into the word of God. Amen. Amen. So as I prayed about it, I believe the Lord gave me to teach about encouraging you to pray. Not just some little words, or two or three, or some memorized script that you normally pray, but praying, amen, From your heart, praying the word of God, praying in your heavenly language if you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Because God has allowed me to know that we, the children of God, are not praying enough. I want you to know what prayer is. Prayer is talking to God. It's interesting how we talk to everybody. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, amen, and some of us are on those jukeboxes all day long. Reading what Pookie saying, reading what Nene and Shanene and Krita and Junebug and whatnot. And yet we got a Bible sitting right up there next to us and don't have time to read it. And then prayer, amen. God wants us to fill our times with prayer when you're driving your car, especially if you're driving in Oakland. These, these idiots are driving their car all kind of crazy out here in Oakland. You need to be praying when you go out here. Some of them think East 14th Street is a freeway. Are you with me, somebody? (laughs) So God has allowed me to know that we, the children of God, are not praying enough, saints of God. We can do something about things that are going on in our city if we would just come together and pray. And so I want to encourage you today to know, don't stop praying. Pray about everything, and you won't have to worry about anything. Old saints used to say, if you're not praying, you're not staying. Many, I believe, have fallen away from the church because they stopped praying. So a songwriter said, in a song I once heard, he said, the devil can't harm a praying man. He won't have time to harm him if he's praying to God. So in Luke chapter 11 today, the message, don't stop praying. Can somebody say that with me this morning? Turn with me. In your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. And for those of you that don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen. But when you come to this church, you need to bring a Bible because James and the flames is not appearing 
in this place. It's not a show, amen. This is an opportunity to get a good diet of the word of God, which is our food, saints of God, amen. So Luke chapter 11, and I'm going to pick it up at verse 1. What our subject today, don't stop praying. What's the subject? In the 11th chapter of the book of Luke, when you have it, say amen. amen. Good. Can you say Lord Jesus? Lord so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we yield to the Holy Spirit right now, a senior pastor and senior teacher, that you would anoint me, Lord God, and anoint these lips of clay that I might minister your word and anoint the hearers of your word, Lord. Give them ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church on this morning. And I promise to give you all of the praise and all of the glory in the mighty name of Jesus and the people of God all said. Amen. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. I'm going to take my time if it's all right with you. Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. Amen. When you have it, say amen. amen. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. And it came to pass. What did it come for? Some people are still holding on to things you need to let go. Hello, somebody. I mean, to know you can't go back and undo anything that's already been done. So you might as well let it. If somebody's next to you on your aisle or down your road, lean over and look at them and say, let it go. Okay, leave them alone. Go to the other side and see if there's some other people on the other. So the word of God, I love King James because he uses this little expression a lot of times. He said, and it came to pass. And every time I read it, I say, Lord, what am I holding on to that I need to let go? Come on, somebody. If you feel better if you let it go. So it came to pass, watch this, that as he, the Lord Jesus, was praying, wait a minute, now he was the son of God, and he came here to save us from all of our sins. He knew exactly who he was. He knew exactly why he came into the world. Amen. But the Bible said he was praying in a certain place. Now, you know, if the Lord Jesus himself was praying, what about you and I? He was praying in a certain place, watch this now, when he ceased. Apparently, he prayed for a while. He didn't pray, Lord, that laid me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die before. Uh, Lord, bless the meat, bless the bread. Good God, let's eat. He prayed, obviously, some time because they waited for him to stop praying. And when he ceased praying, the Bible said, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. It's obvious that they knew that they had a problem in praying and they knew they weren't praying enough. I wish somebody would come to that realization today. Maybe that's what the problem is with you and your life because you're not praying enough. And some of you, when you pray, if you don't see any some instant, because you you're used to instant coffee, instant tea, instant bit, instant biscuits, instant oatmeal, everything is. But God, how many know God is not instant? Amen. And just because he takes his time doesn't mean he's saying no. Denial, amen, just because he takes his time, amen, doesn't mean he's saying no. So the disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Watch this now. As John also taught his disciples, John Baptist taught his disciples to pray, and they wanted to know Lord Jesus, could you teach us to pray? How many know if the Lord teaches you to pray, you're going to be effective? And so in verse 2, watch this now. And he said, the Lord Jesus said unto them, when you pray, that's an indication that you do. When you pray, he says, say our father. If we realize that God is our father, our father, our father, I don't want you to know that makes us family. You're my brother. You're my sister. We're family. Amen. Are you with me, somebody? I have no business talking about you, trying to run you down, trying to, amen, do something bad to you. You are, I are family because God, if you're born again, if you're saved, then God is our father. He said, and he's located, look at this now, he's in heaven, which art in heaven, watch this now, hallow it, that word hallow it, it means holy. I know Halloween is coming up, but it doesn't mean anything about holy. It's talking about some devils and some goblins. And please don't dress your kids up as little devils. They're bad enough already. Don't be making them no devil. They want some candy. Tell them I'll give them some candy. Amen. But don't, you don't have to be no devil to get it. 
Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed or holy be thy name. Did you see that? How many know the name of the Lord is holy? He said, thy kingdom come. I want you to know the kingdom of God is already here. Because the Bible says the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but righteousness and peace over in the Holy Ghost. Luke 14, 17. And so he said, the kingdom of God, amen, thy kingdom come. He said, thy will, watch this, thy will be done. Whose will? So when you're praying, it's not necessarily you have to pray for your will to be done. That's a mistake a lot of people pray because they're praying selfishly. They're praying, Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. And we're always looking for God to bless us. But how many know when you pray, you can bless somebody else? How many know you can bless your family? You can pray for your family. You can pray for your friends. You can pray for your boss. You can pray for, you can pray for everybody and anybody. Not necessarily just yourself. Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Watch this now. Give us day by day our daily bread. That daily bread is not just, amen, cornbread or Langerdorf bread or 100% wheat bread, but that bread is also the word of God. How many know the word of God is our food? The word of God is our nourishment. And we need the word of God every day of our lives. Verse 4, he goes on and says, and forgive, what you're going to love this, and forgive us our sins. You mean to tell me we sin, brothers and sisters? I lost one group. I, I mean, it's, you, do you mean to tell me we sin, brothers and sisters? He said, and forgive us our sins. And I want you to underline that in your Bible because a lot of people are trying to pray to God with sin in your life. And I want you to know that God will not hear you when you pray. The only prayer that God hears from a sinner is, Lord, forgive me of my sins. He said, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So as a saint of God, there's no reason to come to God and pray to God when you know there's sin in your life. So your prayer would be, Lord, forgive me or forgive us of our sins. For we also, watch this now, this will get you. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Anybody owe you anything? Anybody borrowed your blouse, didn't give it back? You shouldn't want it back, amen. You should not want that blouse, whatever. Not after they've been sweating it, you shouldn't want that blouse no more. Watch this now, watch this. And lead us, watch, you're going to love this. And lead us not into temptation. Do you know you have to pray and ask the Lord to not lead you into temptation? Because old Satan, amen, is always trying to tempt you to do the wrong thing. That's his M.O. He comes to tempt you, amen, to sin against God. Because he knows as soon as he can get you to sin, God has to pull back his spirit from your life. Because God cannot deal with sin. So he said, lead us not into temptation. So if God is leading you by the Holy Spirit, he's not going to lead you down to Junebug's house. He's not going to lead you over to Creta's house. He's not going to lead you over to the dope house, to the crack house. to the. He's going to lead you to the church house, amen, in the name of Jesus, where you are this morning. And I give God praise for you. And then he goes on to say, but deliver us from evil. Now, underline that word evil because in the Greek, it's actually deliver us from the evil one. You need to know the evil one is Satan and his demons. And they are constantly bombarding you and I every day to try to get us to sin against God. So prayer, amen. Prayer guards us, amen. Prayer is our, amen, is our, it's our uniform we need to put on, saints of God, to keep the enemy, amen, from the attacks, amen, that he wages against saints that are really, truly serving the Lord. And he goes on in verse 5 and he says, now I want to give you a little parable or, or I want to give you an illustration of something in the natural so you can understand what I'm getting at in the spirit. A parable, and we'll get to that in a minute, a parable is a natural illustration of a spiritual truth. Why would God have to use a parable to teach his people? Because they weren't spiritual. If you're not spiritual, you don't understand spiritual things. 
That's why some people come to church and they say, I don't know what the preacher is talking about. It's easy if you have the Holy Spirit. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit, it's very difficult. Amen. I like to think the Bible is written in code. And it takes the Holy Spirit to decode it for you. So he uses an illustration in the natural to to show you a spiritual truth that you need to see and understand. In verse 5, pick me up right there. And he, the Lord Jesus, said unto them, his disciples, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. Stop for a minute. Can you imagine your neighbor across the street, the one you speak to every day, the one you see, amen, the, way you, the one you interact with all the time, your friend, amen, across the street, maybe a member of the church with you. I hope a member of the church with you. I, I hope they're a member of the church with you. Hello. And at midnight, amen, you go over there and knock on the door at 12 o'clock at night, amen, and you beat on the door. Amen. And then all of a sudden you say to your friend, you holler to him, I need some bread. Give me three loaves of bread, man. And verse six, he tells him why. For a friend of mine is in his journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. I'm embarrassed because I didn't, my wife didn't go to the grocery store and I don't have any bread to feed him. I'm, I'm my food. I, I saw you with your pickup bringing all that food in your house. Like, man, get up and give me some of that. Bre- give me some bread, man. Watch this now. Verse seven. And he from within, I want you to get the picture. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. Get away from my door, man. Quit beating on my door at 12 o'clock. What time, man? You crazy? The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give you, this is me, nothing. Man. Hey, man, come on, man. Hey, man, do me. Come on, man. Do, do. Get away from my door, man. I'm going to call the police. I need some bread, man. I need some bread. I'm embarrassed, man. Come on, man, get up. I saw that bread you brought in from your truck. I saw that bread. Man, I told you I can't get up and give you nothing. Watch verse 8. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend. Friendship now has nothing to do with it. This is desperate. Yet because of his importunity... He will rise and give him as many as he needed. What did he just say you didn't get? That word importunity, underline it in your Bible. It's a Greek word which means shameless persistence. In other words, he just wasn't ringing the doorbell. Ding dong. Ding dong. Hey, Ralph, it's me. Ding dong. He was beating on the door. He was kicking on the door. He was, he was, hey man, come on man, I need the bread. Come on man, help me man, help me man. Don't let me go out like this man. Come on man, come. He wouldn't go away. He was hollering, get away from my door man. I told you to leave me alone. I'm not giving you any. Give it me the give. Anybody, anybody have anybody like that that you know? Oh yes you do. You know your children they're just like that. Your children are like that. My baby girl, I mostly hear from her, amen, in the time of need. She'll call me on the phone, and I always know what it is, because she always call on the phone and say, Daddy. As soon as I hear Daddy, I say, okay, how much, how much? <laughs> Shameless persistence. I want you to get it. Shameless persistence. It's what that neighbor kept doing. He wouldn't go away. He wouldn't take no for an answer. He just kept beating on the door. He kept kicking the door. He kept telling them, come on, man. Come on, man. I need the bread. Watch verse 9. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. What did you just say, Lord Jesus, we didn't get? He said, okay, go to the next verse. He said, for everyone that asketh, Underline the word ask it. See the E-T-H on the end of ask? Put I-N-G there instead and you'll get the picture. For everyone that's asking, we make the mistake and the enemy trick us to say, well, you've already prayed once about that and God didn't do anything. I don't think you need to pray again. 
But the Lord Jesus is encouraging us to know that because he didn't say anything or God the Father didn't say anything, it doesn't mean for you to stop praying about it. He's saying, keep on asking for it. 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 For everyone that's asking, he said, we'll be receiving. Put I-N-G on the end of receive. Instead of receive it, they should say receiving. That's in our vernacular. Watch this now. And he that seek it or is seeking, I-N-G where the E-T-H is, find it or will be finding, I-N-G. And to him that knocketh, knocking, knocking, it shall be open. So when you stop asking and when you stop seeking and when you stop knocking, then God will not open the door for you to be blessed with those things that you've been praying for. And too many saints give up too quick. And just because God delays his answer doesn't mean he's denying you. So delay does not mean denial, saints of God. Hallelujah. You need to know what denial is. Denial is the river that's over in Africa. So to him that knock it, seek it, Ask it and keep asking and keep. Now, the faith leaders messed us up because they said, listen, if you really have faith, you just have to ask the Lord one time. And if you really have faith, you can get it. But I want you to know that's not necessarily true. I I said that's not necessarily true. Not what the Lord Jesus is teaching us here about how to pray. Amen. And I'll tell you how I know, because when the Lord Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, amen, before he was crucified, my Bible says he and the disciples were there. And he told the disciples, wait here while I go yonder, amen, and pray one hour. Pray, I need you to pray with me one hour. And the Bible said he went away and he prayed, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. He said, I would that this cup would be removed from me, but nevertheless, not my will. That's why we need to pray some nevertheless, some nevertheless, nevertheless. Not my will, but thy will be done. How many, how many know some things you'd be praying for? God said, if, you, if I give it to you, it'll hurt you. Oh, Lord, I really want that man. I really want that man. I just love that. I love that mustache. I, lo- I just love that man. Lord, I love his snake feet. I just love that man. And the Lord said, if I give you that man, he'll beat you. He, he's, a, he's a fool. He's an idiot. I can't give you that man. I, can't. I have a man for you. I don't want him. I don't want him. I don't like him. I don't like him. You go to church too much. Talk about Jesus too much. I don't want him. I talked to a sister one time. She said, I want a bad boy. I said, and when, you, when he get through whipping up on your head, you'll be wanting a good one. And that's stupid. You want a bad, anybody want a, nah, hang on, don't, don't raise your hand. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see him. Devil got folks fooled. You want a bad, you don't want no bad boy. Where am I? You made me lose my place. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Go to verse 11. Here it comes. He's talking about prayer now. He said, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Will he give him a rock? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent, a snake? Or if he shall ask for an egg... Will he offer him, will he give him a scorpion? Now watch verse 13. He said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Hallelujah to God. So what the Lord Jesus is saying, instead of you asking for money, asking for houses, asking for cars, asking for clothes, asking for jobs, asking for all the things you normally ask for, which are carnal, He said, why don't you ask for the Holy Ghost? Why don't you ask to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Why don't you ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And somebody might say, well, what does that have to do with prayer, Brother Bob? I'm glad you asked me. Go to the eighth chapter of the book of Romans. Come on, I want to show you why that's so important. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. And they were saying, Lord, teach us to pray, right? So now he's telling them about a teacher that can do just that. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 When you have it, say amen. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, when you have it, say amen. Amen. So Paul now, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, he says, I got to tell you something about praying. He says, watch this now, verse 26, when you have it, say amen. Amen. 
He said, likewise, the spirit, capital S means the Holy Spirit, God's spirit. He said, likewise, the spirit also help it. There's that E-T-H on the end of help. Is helping our infirmities. Underline infirmities. Infirmities doesn't mean sicknesses. It means weaknesses. Oh, Bishop Bob, every time I hear his voice, he calls me on the phone every day. Oh, baby, I miss you so. Oh, I just mailed my knees. Just <laughs> He said, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity. I want you to know, without the Holy Spirit, you can't live holy, brothers and sisters. You can't stop yourself from eating a chocolate donut, much less, amen, to stop yourself from sinning. So the Holy Spirit, Paul is teaching, Helps our infirmities, our weaknesses. And if people would tell the truth, amen, we've got a lot of saints in the church. A lot of us have weaknesses. Some of you, your weakness is a chocolate donut. You can't pass by Krispy Kreme without getting a dozen. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Those are weaknesses, amen. They're weaknesses. He says, watch this. For we know not what we shall pray for as we ought, as we ought to. He said, but the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God... Himself should be himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. What did he just say? In other words, he said, when you're in your prayer room, when you're talking to God, he said, you can go over into your heavenly language and begin to pray to God in your heavenly language. And what's happening there is the Holy Spirit will move you to the side and take your place in the prayer room and he'll begin to intercede for you on your behalf. Amen to the Father in the name of Jesus. And he can pray better than you can. He can pray the word he knows. Amen. The heart he knows what you really have need of. And the Holy Spirit will do the praying for you. Because you do not know how to pray as you are. Look at verse 27. And he, God the Father, that searcheth the hearts, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, Because he, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, maketh intercession, takes your place in the prayer closet, takes your place in the prayer room for the saints. Watch this. According to the will of God. What is the will of God, brother Bob? The will of God is the word of God. I said the will of God is the word of God. How do you know the will of God? Read the word of God. Read the word of God. That's where you find the will of God. For the saints, according to the Will or the word of God. Did you see that? That's why he says, he didn't tell you to pray for this, that, and the other. He said, pray to the Father for the Holy Spirit. Pray that he would fill you with the Holy Spirit. Why? So he can pray for you prayers that you cannot pray for yourself. My God, if there was ever a reason why you need the Holy Spirit, that's it. You know, some of you watch television more than you pray. Some of you can tell me the date and time when that when that, your program come on. As the world turns, we're going to be turning all right. Amen. General Hospital, you're going to be in the hospital. You just keep on. General Hospital still come on. So now watch this now. There is, saints of God, there is something that you need to know before you start your prayer life. And before you get into praying, you need to understand, amen, what God Amen has said about people, amen, who try to pray with sin in your life. The only prayer, the only prayer that I find you can pray if you know there's sin in your life is the prayer of repentance. Did you hear me? Don't make the mistake of trying to pray to God with sin in your life. I used to have a neighbor, amen. She was a wonderful lady, but she loved, amen, B.B. King. She called him B.B. King might know what state she was from. And she would have her music on loud and she'd have her friends over. Oh, some OGs. They'd be all over there. And the blues be going on. And you know what would happen? This is God having truth. I wouldn't lie. After they'd partied and drank and whatever else is over, so it started mellowing out all night, they would get on their knees and start praying. And they could pray. Drunk. You ever see a drunk praying? I mean, that's the prayingest thing you ever seen in your life. 
I was like, my goodness, they're praying to me. Just to, they call it Stormy Monday. On Tuesday, just as bad. Then I was like, Lord, Lord, help us, Lord. Don't laugh. Some of you are guilty of that, too. Some of you are guilty. Some of the greatest prayers I ever prayed, amen, was the morning after I'd been drunk as a dog. And I'm on my knees in front of the toilet. And I'm calling Ralph. Anybody ever call Ralph? Ralph is the dry heaves. You don't have anything to throw up, but you start, Ralph, Ralph. And then you go into praying, Lord, if you just bless me, to, to, if you get bless me to get over this hangover, Lord, I won't never get. And before the sun go down the same day, I'm resurrecting the dead in here today. I'm resurrecting the dead. I've been there. And I lied when I prayed. Because as soon as I prayed and God blessed me and I felt better, I think he blessed me. I went right on back to drinking. Anybody know what I'm saying? I love this church because it's real. So John chapter 9, watch this. John chapter 9 talks about a blind man that received his sight. And he was a blind, he was blind from his mother's womb. He was born blind. Interestingly, the Lord Jesus met with this blind man. You know the story, but I want to go on into the story. Amen. The ninth chapter. I'm going to pick it up around the 28th verse. And then let me back up a little bit. Let me, let me, let me back up. Let me back up to the 25th verse. Is that all right? So the religious leaders were, they were interrogating the blind man, wanted to know, how are you able to see? How are you? Your testimony is the greatest thing you have, saints of God. Whenever anybody want to know about you, amen, want to know about the church, want to know about me, all you got to do is say, I don't know too much about Bob Jackson, but I know one thing, amen, when I went to that church, I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as Lord and Savior, amen, and I'm not the same as I used to be, hallelujah to God. They said, well, Bob Jackson ain't nothing but a sinner. He said, well... Watch what he said. Whether he be a sinner or not, I don't know. All I know is when I went there, I got filled with the Holy Ghost and I received the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not the same as I used to be. Your testimony, your testimony, nobody can take it from you. What kind of church is this? The kind that you get saved in. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch verse 25. Go to 24. 24. You have a say amen. Then again called they the man that was blind, watch this now, and said unto him, give God the praise. We know that this man, talking about the Lord Jesus, we know that this man is a sinner. Did you get that? He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or not, I don't know. I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind... Now I can see. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Your testimony is so powerful, saints. If anybody want to ask you why you're a Christian, tell them. I once was unsaved, but now I'm saved and I'm giving God praise. I'm not the same as I used to be. Hallelujah. He gave me a new life. Now watch this now. Watch verse 25. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Then, watch this. And then watch these rascals. Then said they to him again, what did he to, to thee? How opened he thine eyes? How did he open them? And he answered them, I told you already and you did not hear. Wherever would you hear it again? I, don't you love the blind man? That's what y'all need to be more bold. Them more bold give you a testimony. Watch this. Will you be his disciples? 28. Then they reviled him. In other words, they really jumped on him and said, thou art his disciples, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. Watch the blind man get him. He said, the man answered and said unto them, why, here is a marvelous thing that you know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now here he comes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. Oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did he just say? What did you say? What did you say, blind man? 
We know, he says, that God heareth not sinners. Let me say that again. Got quiet, huh? We know that God heareth not sinners. So thank to God, when you get ready to pray to God, please don't try to pray to God with sin in your life. Take care of the sin first. Repent and ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you of your sin and then proceed to pray. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. Watch this now. But if any man, how many? If any man be a worshiper of God, you see what we were doing a little while ago? And I noticed, I happened to look out through the audience and I noticed people were sitting there like they were at the ballpark while the worship was going on, while the praise was going on. And some people were looking like, what are they doing? Why are they doing all of that? You're making all of that noise. Come on. What are you doing all of that for? We're worshiping the Lord. We're praising the Lord. We're glad about what he's done in our life. Excuse me while we praise him. Excuse me while we give him the glory. I don't think it takes all of that to worship the Lord, Brother Bob. You, this is not your church. You need to find one of those. Ooh, find you one of those. This is not the church for you. Now, we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God, here's the, here's the key, not only just a worshiper of God and doeth his will. Underline that in your Bible. I'm trying to show you how to get a prayer through. Worshiping God and doing his will. James said, be not hearers of the word of God, but be doers of the word of God. God's not interested in how much Bible you know. He's interested in how much Bible do you live. Are you with me, somebody? How much Bible are you living? If any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, watch this, he heareth. Is that what he said? He heareth. The blind man could see more than his natural eyes. He saw with spiritual eyes. His comment on God not hearing sinners was a divine revelation from God. Watch this. By the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean, brothers and sisters? It means that God heareth not sinners. So don't attempt to talk to God with sin in your life. Take care of the sin problem first. Then start your prayers to God. I got a note here, right here. Sin will stop your prayer from getting to God. And stop God from answering it. So David said in the Psalms, if I regard iniquity in my heart, nothing but sin, the Lord will not hear me. I think that's Psalm 66. Did you see that? So that's another reason why prayers are not answered by a whole lot of saints because they live in a double life. So in Luke chapter 18, are you still with me? All right. If you got to leave, I'll see you next week. I got to give you what God gave me to give you. I'm sorry. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. God says, don't stop praying. And some people have already stopped praying because you don't see God doing anything. And the devil is telling you, God don't hear you when you pray. The only reason God won't hear you when you pray is because there's sin in your life. Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Are you still with me? Thank you. Watch this now. Watch this now. And he, the Lord Jesus, spoke a parable. I told you what a parable was a while ago. It's a natural illustration of a spiritual truth. He's, he's talking, in other words, in language that you can understand about things that on your own you could not understand. So he spake a parable unto them to this end. Watch this. That men and women are always to what? Men and women are always to what? And not to faint. Underline that word. It means to give up. It means to stop praying. It means to lose heart. And watch this. It means to turn coward. We got a lot of saints that's just cowards. They won't come out witnessing because they're scared of the people in the neighborhood, and yet some of them are their relatives. I don't know where that came from, but it must be true. Men and women are always what? Always to what? That, and not to give up. Turn coward. Watch this last one. A lose heart. 
And so many people stop praying because they just lost. I prayed about it. I prayed about it. And God doesn't seem to be answering my prayer. So I'm just, just because God is, de- amen, just because his answer is delayed doesn't mean that he's, in de- he's denying you. Delay does not mean deny. So keep praying. I said keep praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. He will answer you. Now he shows you an example the parable, he shows you a natural illustration about how to get your prayer requests, amen, answered when you don't hear from him the same day. See, we live in an instant world. Everything has to be instant. We want to heat up something, we put it in the microwave. Two minutes later, look at verse 2. Watch this now, I got to go. He said, saying there was in a city, watch this now, a judge which feared not God, which didn't reverence God, didn't respect God, didn't serve God, which feared not God, neither regarded man. Underline that word regarded because it actually means that he didn't respect any man. Whether you had money or not, whether you were black, white, brown, he he didn't respect any man. And he did not reverence or respect or give God praise. He didn't worship God. Didn't want to know nothing about God, and he didn't respect any man. Did you see that? He was the judge, though. Watch this now. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. Avenge me of mine adversary. What did she say? She was saying, Vindicate me against my adversary. Adversary, underline that in your Bible. Adversary is an enemy. And I want you to know there's an enemy called Satan and demons that hate you so much they'll steal kill and destroy your life if you let them but thanks be to god for the lord jesus christ he's greater in you than any demons or devils coming against you so the woman came saying avenge me in other words give me revenge revenge me give me satisfaction for this enemy that's coming against me anybody got any enemies coming against you Anybody coming, got any enemies coming against you? You're in the right church. Avenge me of mine adversaries, she says. Watch this. And he would not, this judge, this rascal, he would not for a while. For how long? But afterwards he said within himself, though I fear not God. Watch this. I don't reverence God. He said, nor regard man. I don't respect any man. Watch this. Yet because this widow troubleth me. How is she troubling you, brother judge? He said she's troubling me because every time I turn around, watch this, I will avenge her less by her continual coming. Every time I turn around, she's back in the courtroom. Every time I look up, there she is with that little hat on and those gloves and that same dress on. Sitting in the same place. Hollering out, hey judgey, hey judgey. I'm tired of seeing that woman in my courtroom. And so before he come out of his chambers, he asked the bailiff, is that woman here? And the bailiff said, well, wait a minute. Yep. You got that same hat on, got the same glove. Same hat on, same dress. <sighs> I will avenge her, he says, lest by her continual coming. He, he's talking about Don't stop praying. He's using this as an example. By her continual coming, her continual coming, she weary me. I'm tired of her coming in my courtroom. Don't come here no more, lady. Judge, oh judge, I need you to revenge my, give me satisfaction. My enemy's coming against me. Judge, judge, help me, judge. Oh, get her out of here. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. He's letting you know if an unjust judge will answer the cry from a person that's in distress that keeps coming to him day and night. He said, shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him? Won't God bless you if you continue to pray day and night? You continue to call on him. You continue to come before him. You continue, amen, to pray. He said, though he bear long with you. He said, I tell you that he will avenge 
them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. So how can you deal with your enemies, saints of God? How can you deal with that adversary that's coming against you? How can you deal with that person that's giving you fits and giving you a bad time? It's easy. You do it by prayer, saints of God. You don't have to have a gun or a knife or anything like that. You just start praying and you keep praying and you keep praying and you keep praying and you keep asking God to bless you. You keep asking God to vindicate you. You keep asking God, amen, hallelujah, to revenge, amen, and satisfaction, give you satisfaction for what the enemy is trying to do to you. And I guarantee you, if you continue and don't stop praying, God will come through. If I'm talking to you this morning, stand on your feet. The word for us today, saints of God, is don't stop praying. I like to think of it, don't put an amen on the end of your prayers. Instead, just say, Lord Jesus, I'll be right back. Instead of listening to the hip-hop, bebop gospel on your radio, turn that stuff off and begin to pray while you're riding in your car. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to you. Begin to pray. Amen. When you wake up in the middle of the night, begin to pray. Amen. Just amen. In the morning when you get up, begin to pray. In the noonday, begin to pray. All day, begin to pray. Every time you feel it in your spirit, just begin to pray. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. How many in here today would be honest and say, you know, you do not pray like you should. If I'm talking to you, I want you to stand on your feet. And before you try to make a break from the parking lot, you will not be the first one out because two people already left. (laughs) So you might as well come on up here and let's get this thing right so we can pray. But you're going to have to be able to pray, saints of God. So while I'm talking to you, if you know you have a problem praying, stand on your feet and come to the altar. Come on up here right now. Come on up here right now. Come on right now. Come on. I'm going to wait for you. Come on right now. Don't stop praying. I need you to pray. I need you to pray. How many know it's time to pray? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, there is something about your name, Master, Savior, Lord Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain oh jesus 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 let all heaven and earth Kings and kingdom, they shall all pass away. But there's something about your name. Come on, church, help me say, come on. This has been the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. To nominate your congregation for Church of the Week, please email us the name and address of your pastor and church, along with a link to your church's website to churchoftheweek at salemsf.com. Again, that's the name and address of your pastor and church, along with a link to the website and email to churchoftheweek at salemsf.com. While all submissions will be considered, not every submission is guaranteed airtime. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure to tune in again next week at this time for the Church of the Week. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.